All right, class, all right. I hope you're not married to this lesson plan because it's time for another episode of the Umbrella Academy. I'm Alex. And I'm the bad kid that sits in the back of the class. But honestly, I'm a little teared up right now because weddings always make me cry. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. Always gets me. And we are going to be talking about Umbrella Academy Season 3, Episode 8, Wedding at the End of the World. And as indicated by the title of the episode, if you haven't checked it out, spoilers here. But Sloane and Luther are getting married, just as the Blitz has reduced... <laughs> The entire population of the world to only about 10 people inside the Hotel Obsidian. That's pretty much it. But they're going ahead anyway. Lots of family drama going down this episode. Yes, Pete. For a second, I thought you were going to say spoilers, but the world is ending. (laughs) Well, that too. There you go. I know some stuff. I can't really talk about it on this podcast, but don't worry about it, Pete. It's all good. Just uh, wrap up your affairs in the next 24 hours. Okay, let's talk about the episode. Oh, wow. wow. This is That'll what take we're doing me like 20 last... minutes. <laughs> 20 minutes to wrap up my affairs. Yeah. How many, if you had 24 hours to live, would you tape a real quick podcast or two? Or what are nope. you thinking? Well, no, I would no, want to do a would. quick recap. We got to do a recap of our lives. <laughs> a quick podcast. recap of your life before uh, you die? Alert. Spoiler. We should pre record that. <laughs> I mean, not much is going to change in our lives. Let's mm-hmm. just pre record our end of the world podcast just to bank it. That would be great. I'll get the draft saved on the website and everything. And as soon as I hear it's happening, I'll hit pub and we'll be good to go. <laughs> hit pub. Wow. Hit pub. Yeah, just yeah, send me I'll a text. I'll be hitting saying, a hey. pub. That's yeah, what I'll I'm be just going to make that joke. I'm about to hit pub right now. <laughs> So this episode I thought was great. The stakes yeah. of the world ending, the Google Blitz are so good. The visual is so Google alarming Blitz. that they keep cutting back to. And the fact that they really are digging in, uh, I, like I talked about the last episode, a lot of the stuff I think I've been complaining about this season, just in terms of the connection between yeah. the family, them not talking about stuff. That's all this episode was. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it was nice. I just like Luther. This was I, my... I was just happy with what happened. I was like, this finally happened. They came together and hang- I was in the same room hanging out. It was, quite frankly, very lovely for the end of the world. Go ahead, Chuck. This is my favorite episode of the whole season. Maybe oh. series. Wow. Uh, wow. Everything was fun. All the characters are pumping on all the right levels. I'm cr- crying. I'm laughing. The jokes were working. Heartfelt. It was a win. Yeah. 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 Big win, but let's start off with the first scene here, which was also a big bunch of uh, mythology about the series. We go back to 1918. We see Reginald 1918. Sur- surveying an area from the movie, based on the movie, of course, 1918, uh, surveying the area, and he finds a portal in the sky, and that's what he built the entire hotel around. Uh, the We also get a quick scene of some soldiers going into the old buffalo room, come out, they all die. There's a cockroach. I didn't mention this the last episode we saw a cockroach, but that's straight out of the comic. I think there's the yes. first issue of Hotel Oblivion, the arc by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba, has the cockroach Ooh. on the cover. So those two. To that. Cockroach feels important. And, Super um, important because every time we see that kind of Oblivion tunnel, if you will, uh, there's an insect that gets murdered. Um, every time I kill a cockroach, it makes a shape too. So mm. what do you think? Is that a good sign? Bad sign? Am I in an umbrella episode? It's a, Ro- a Rorschach test. You know, every a time roach, can- a, a Rorschach test? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What do you think? Oh, really? Mm-hmm. When you kill a cockroach, what do you see? Uh, uh, your father? 
<laughs> no, I was going to say a big skull, a flaming skull usually. Oh, oh ghost because you're a ghost, ghost rider. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. um, now, do you think that the uh, point of um, Hargreaves building the hotel there was because he knew that was going to be preserved from the Kugelblitz? Was that, see, is that this my, all a big plan? What, what I was concerned about was like it seemed like – Maybe that was the start of the Kugel Blitz that he discovered. That he was like, "Well, if this is going to be the start of it, this is the safest place to build the hotel." But I, it was, it was happening so fast, I wasn't sure. Well, possibly that, but you've also got this tunnel, right? That people are going in and dying, so it doesn't necessarily seem safe. That's also on the other side. You got uh, the other opposite anti hotel, which is where Diego got his fingers cut off. So I think that's a good theory, but maybe maybe he wants to clear out the dude who's killing everybody in the other hotel so that they can safely live there, perhaps. Hmm. Well, and th- we have five saying, let the world die, don't save the world. Um, mm. So maybe they're going to go through the tunnel and build a whole new world in this cooler oh, hotel. Whole new yeah. world. Lila's pregnant. Luther and Sloan are getting married. You already got uh, a bunch of couples going on there. Where people can have some babies and restart the whole world with a bunch of little umbrellas and sparrows. Uh huh. Cute. I mean, that's sort of the modern Romeo and Juliet umbrella. Two houses divided against each other. Sure. But soft, what light through yonder umbrella breaks. Ooh, that's Tis pretty good. Sloan. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you, you know, when we see this kind of like. Uh, Hargreaves set up of the Oblivion Hotel, which was fun to watch with the clock or the little, you know, a little pocket watch and the place being built super fast. Um, and he gets that big thing, suitcase full of money. I was like, that guy's never going to see that money. As soon as he's like, no, 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 after the mission. I was like, oh, yeah. that poor guy mm-hmm. is never going to see that money. Always take maybe- money before the mission. That's what you I do. Yeah. You do half now. You know, that's only fair. You know, half now and then half when mm-hmm. you're done. But either way, he died on the mission, so how's he going to spend it? <laughs> doesn't matter if it gets half any time. Maybe while he was getting killed by whatever is on the other side, he could have like passed by a vending machine and exactly. put a couple of bucks in. Get you some candy, get some cotton soda. candy or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, cotton exactly. candy from a vending machine? Wow. Hard times. Well, <laughs> in your world, in your head, it was a vending machine. In my head, you walk by a cotton, you know, cotton candy vendor. You know how what I mean? many cotton candy vendors yeah. do you see at a hotel how, usually, Pete? What, well, do you, uh, how, what kind of hotels even, are you going to? What are you saying? A circus hotel? <laughs> Clown, some sort of clown? Always. <laughs> yeah. When Pete no, says he's staying at a hotel, it means he's sleeping out back from one of the tents at a carnival. That's yeah, right. Exactly. He covers himself up with sawdust in the elephant uh, cage, and that's Pete's circus hotel. Yeah. You see that movie Nightmare Alley? That's the Pete the Page story. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Brother, I was born ready. Um, yeah, maybe he got paid with cockroach mouth. Maybe that's mm-hmm. what he wanted. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it is that we, uh, while we're talking about Reginald, I think we can uh, talk about his arc over the course of the episode. I know you're probably still very suspicious of him, Justin, but I love these moves with him here. I love Klaus being the Reginald whisperer. He does mm. that later on with Bad Bad as well, which I thought was great. But just yeah. talking him out of his shell, the awkward way that he's trying to relate to everybody. But it struck me, he really does seem to be trying. Well, yeah, the- I think... 
being a cult leader is good training to just fixing the relationships in your personal life uh, mm-hmm. because it teaches you how to manipulate people into being better rather than worse. That's what David I'd, Koresh was known best oh for, was God. his sympathy for his fellow men. He's a matchmaker, Koresh. <laughs> okay. He just kept matching the women up to himself. I, I, I don't know I don't know what's going on or what Doesn't you guys Netflix are. Doesn't Netflix have that show, Koresh on Koreshes? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, no, I want no affiliation with cults, please. Thank you. All right. So, uh, I do think though, that in, uh, Justin's defense, as five is passing out at the end of the episode, we do see Hargreaves is up to his old tricks again, doing, uh, uh, evil deeds behind closed doors there. So as much as I want to love the new daddy that we have here and how much he is growing, uh, and opening up uh, to his children, uh, I do remain a little suspicious. But I mean, his death poem was really nice. Uh, you know, I just wouldn't. Sorry, I wouldn't before you say that, that I, I just want to mention I'm going to clip out you saying I love the new daddy and how much he's growing, and just sort of pass that along to people. Go ahead, John. Yeah, people are going to want that. Uh, <laughs> if you're thinking, I know that poem was cool, but if you're thinking of standing up at a future wedding and saying that, I would caution against it. Really. <laughs> I would caution against. It's not a cool. Oh uh, man, I've been working on my speech for your second marriage. Oh man, okay. Oh wow, I'm still in the first one currently. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Keep that. I hope it goes well, buddy. I hope yeah. it goes well. Do but, you? You're already planning a, a monologue. Yeah, Good. Pete calls himself a doomsday prepper, but the doomsday is all about people's marriages falling apart. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. exactly. The. Uh, Speaking of the wedding, though, and with Reginald and with everything, what I thought this episode did so brilliantly from a script perspective is it played out all the beats of what you expect at a wedding with the awkward moments with family, with the delinquent dad showing up and giving a speech and how everybody feels about that. They hit all of that stuff Absolutely perfectly down to the uh, Victor getting asked for best man. I thought was a lovely moment. Oh, man. I thought yeah. the bachelor party was great and Ben's reaction Hysterical. to it. Just the way they played everything out. It worked so well for everything that's going on in the show, but also worked from the level of just this is what weddings are like. Well, and I think um, that's what was I thought why this episode um, came together so well is because a, a wedding is sort of what what happens at a wedding is what an umbrella episode is all about. Like there are songs and dances and everyone's talking about their feelings in a more enhanced way. There are fights about personal shit while other larger events are going on. Any once when we're off season in between seasons, like we are right now, go to a wedding. It's basically like watching an episode of Umbrella Academy. Wow. That's a, that's a high endorsement. Uh, For weddings. Yeah. Yeah. For weddings. I don't know if they're that great, but I do think though that like, um, that this episode really was such a interest. The wedding setting really gave us people together and vulnerable enough to kind of make them talk, was which was something that we've wanted for so long. Um, yeah. And yeah, the kind of Luther asking Victor to be the best man was really uh, very touching. And the use of music in the bachelor uh, party was so fun. But then when they took it away for some of the moments of the wedding was such a great choice as well. Like they do such smart uh, post-production stuff on this show. It really uh, adds so much joy and fun to it. Um, and it's just impressive to kind of uh, uh, watch as someone who's watched a lot of television. Uh, it's 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 fun to see when you don't know what it's going to get, and they kind of break patterns in interesting ways. You know, 
Well, we boiled down our sort of large cast of characters to just the most sort of emotionally uh, like <coughs> useful characters. We've got Allison, Diego, Cinco, formerly known as Five, Lila, Ben, Luther, Sloan, Victor, Klaus, Hargreaves. Plenty going on there. And we and get to ben. really uh, – I said Ben. They really get to bang into Don't each other. And we got Ben. I know you are really pushing the Ben agenda. Sorry, quick question. The Did ben you mention agenda. Ben? Yeah, that yeah, yeah. not the, the Ben that was, you know, an umbrella. It's a sparrow Ben. It's a different Ben. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced ah, nice. differently. Yeah. yeah, you can hear the difference. Ben. Yeah, yeah. Ben. Yeah. ben and Ben. 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 Yeah, it's like Aaron and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that the difference you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do want to take a little bit of a step back, and I know we touched on this when we were talking just before, but I've also gotten very frustrated, as I've expressed on the podcast, sometimes when they don't talk around stuff or they give this all refusal, no call with the whole superhero thing. But I do think Five's explanation of it gave us a really good excuse at the beginning of the episode for everybody spending their last couple of hours on Earth going through a wedding, which in any other episode would have driven me up the wall insane. But him really driving down to we've spent, what did he say? Like the past 38 hours trying to stop three apocalypses and we've failed. Yeah. Why don't we try something different? I was like, oh, yes, that actually makes in complete sense. Well, and they are the cause of all of their pro- own problems and the mm-hmm. world's problems. In every season, they have been the exact cause and eventual <laughs> almost solution for all yeah, of them. cause and solution to all um, of life's problems. So I do think that's um, very apt. It makes sense to try new things. Also, Five has the added benefit of himself uh, saying, hey, don't do that anymore. Go mm-hmm. do anything but that, uh, which I think is is great. But I do think the the featured stuff of this episode that I thought was so great was Sloan and Luther on one side. And just what a sweet sort of uh, classic romance they have. Oh, I my God. They truly love each other. The whole and just we're engaged. Like just the – yeah, just so fun. And all of it. And when uh, they're dancing and she's like uh, – Sloan's recapping. So I just mm-hmm. want to say right now, if this show kills Sloan in the next two episodes, I'm not going to be happy. Mm. I, I and this def- show would might do that. <laughs> this would. show is a little I think- mean. Any happiness they bring up is probably to tear it away. That's a classic TV move. But uh, as a little bit of a side thing on the Sloan Luther thing, my absolute favorite bit in the entire episode was their like background thing about their lamb chops, where Luther kept trying to uh, eat Sloan's lamb chops. Right. And she's like, so that's my, my that's yeah, my yeah. lamb chopped. And look, that's so a match. That's yeah. a match. So uh, she's standing her ground. Also, not a lot of meat in those lamb chops. They're no. French. It's a French rack of lamb. Very tasty. Mm-hmm. Not a big meal. Just for those of you, if anyone's listening to this while they're ordering at a fancy restaurant, uh, which again, (laughs) you probably made a mistake by doing that, but. Or uh, the greatest move. Now, do you think they put all of that stuff together in the ballroom by themselves? Was that the concierge setting it up? Was it the cockroaches? What's going on there? It's concierge. Who, I mean, you're talking about, uh, what's his name, Roto, who's just like wandering around occasionally DJing for them? Oh, I got to, because my thought was, who's doing Sloan's hair? Hair looked great. She's doing mm. that herself? She Probably. was. I mean, she made her own dress there. I mean, come on. Yeah, she's yeah, got to do those powers. Curls. Maybe she floated her hair into place. I don't know how mm. that works. You do some tight curls. You said floaty power. Sorry, you're a, a lifelong comic book reader, and you call it floaty power? <laughs> just trying to be clear here. Just check the technicality. This there. is the first thing, TV show I've ever seen this episode, so I'm not really familiar. 
Nice. I was talking about comic books real quick. But, uh, yeah, uh, the, uh, but I, I thought, and then on the other side, the counterpoint to the beautiful Luther Sloan is the like sort of more, uh, grittier, more like real life relationship of Diego and Lila, yeah. which I thought was great. I they even have a point like, Oh, were we ever that happy? And then she slaps him and he's like, now that's, that's, that's us. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. And, but I thought their relationship was also really sweetly done. The like uh, her, he, she's like introduced me to your dad, like all that stuff. They were playing out the beats of a normal relationship in the, a very umbrella way, which I thought was super cool. And I like the fact that you know this is true of a lot of the Umbrella Academy characters, but I like the fact that they let Diego be a big stupid dummy most of the time in a very sweet, yeah. charming way. Down to him doing the "I don't want to get dressed" thing, like a. Like a toddler and her being like, no, and pulling him and starting to take off his pads so he can get dressed for the wedding. Very fun. Yeah. And then him saying that I choose you when you think maybe he was going to try to save the world one more time instead of uh, going to the wedding. I mean, this is all great stuff. And the fact that she, you know, jumps on him. I mean, absolutely adorable, adorable stuff. It's nice to have like two great couples in the show like this. Um, You know, uh, on the flip side of that, though, the Allison Victor stuff, I mean, that was that was really hard. It was a, a really uh, rough, uh, rough go at it. I continue to be very conflicted about this storyline. And as much as I appreciated the level of Victor apologizing to Allison, f- from my perspective, I feel like Victor still has nothing to apologize for. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Yeah, other than the you know, ruining the world in that other world that they were in. Right. But I I think at this point, maybe there's some things that I'm forgetting, but I feel like Allison is like, you did a, we know as the viewers, Victor did a bunch of things that were mostly out of his control, right? Just Mm -hmm. didn't have control of his powers, didn't know what he was doing, was trying to fix the situation like everybody else, um, was trying to help Harlan, who is just a sweet guy who also did something wrong. And Allison killed Harlan and is angry at Victor for all this stuff. So Victor is taking a great step forward at the prompting of Luther as a wedding present to say, I'm sorry, and being the bigger man about it. And Alice is like, no, fuck you. You are to blame for Claire disappearing and all of these other things. And I'm never going to forgive you for that stuff. And it, it's just making me dislike Allison so much. Well, she's sort of crossed the line that none of these characters have ever crossed before. They always have a soft spot for each other. And in this episode, she's she's fully hardened to that. She's like, I'm not going to do it. Because I agree with you. Victor's definitely stepping out. He doesn't owe it to, to her to apologize again. Uh, but he's doing that because he's, he's like, this person's hurting. Let me try to be the one who mends mm-hmm. the fence. And it just doesn't work. And Allison is fully hard. So, like, I agree with you. She's hard to watch um, in the show. And I don't know where we're going to end up because she's sort of off to the side in the story a lot. Yeah. She's just watching. Um, and I don't know what will draw her to the center except for the fact that she might uh, somehow sacrifice herself or somehow um, make a big move in these last uh, two episodes. Man. Uh, who else should we talk about here? I, I did Be- want to talk ahead. about a little bit of the um, Klaus uh, Klaus doing his "I'm immortal now" and then flexing was hysterical. Um, and then his you know you mentioned like his talking with uh, Hardgreaves uh, and Hardgreaves. <laughs> 
tried to compliment him and be like, you have a well-proportioned forehead was just uh, just really fun. Uh, I could have watched a montage of that for a while of like him trying to be nice, uh, even down to that like fake smile. He got his picture. The fake smile when he's in the corner just being like, lift your face up, um, I thought was just super fun. And like I was uh, saying, like Klaus, it's such a fun role for Klaus to be the one who's trying to like make everyone be better. Because distance, like, and being sort of disinterested was his whole thing and sort of stumbling ass backwards back into the center of the story and the center of his family. But in this, and I, like, let's also shout out his, his officiating of the wedding. Yeah, that's what I was going to say next. I pronounce you married as shit was just magical. Viva la Coplex. Uh, you want this banging hottie to be your lady. Love and cherish this big hairy man. Great. He said the lyrics of a song by a band called Trooper. Uh, we're here for a good time, not a long time. Have a good time. The sun can't shine every day. Wow. I thought all that was great and fun and poetic and perfect for my uh, second wedding. <laughs> yeah! Let's talk about Ben. We touched on Ben earlier, but Ben has a huge emotional arc in this episode, mm-hmm. and all it takes is him getting absolutely wasted to finally break through and admit what he wants. But. I love this. We've talked about this a lot and speculated about this a lot, but really all Ben wants is to be loved the same way that their Ben was loved and he doesn't understand why. And you get, getting back to Klaus, that great speech where he's like, why did you like Ben better? And then Klaus gives all these horrible negative things about Ben and ultimately comes up with, no, but they he embraced the mess. Like, that's what they are. Families are messy, and we love each other because of it. It's not about trying. It's about being who you are. And at the end, when Ben comes out and is just stumbling, being dragged yeah. by Klaus. The and, new, new Ben. Yeah, I'm the new, new Ben. Great stuff by Justin H. Men. I thought it was really fun and really poignant as well. That's the word of yeah. the episode. Oh, but, one thing we should talk about is um, Ben. Uh, so he, I feel like, uh, is, <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, no, I thought the Ben stuff was also great. New, new Ben. Ben's a huge puckering asshole. Yeah. I mean, what's, what's, what's also interesting about the Klaus kind of thing of this was everybody was trying to get wasted except for Klaus. You know what I mean? Like there was this fun moment where five was kind of like, the only thing we should be doing is getting wasted. And Klaus was like, yo, we have shit to do. So it was an interesting role reversal that I think some shows might've spent a lot of time hitting us over the head with like, Oh, you see this? Like, look at this now Uh, that they just kind of just lightly showed us these kind of, different shifting in these characters here, which is great. I love to kind of see them kind of growing outside of their kind of little role a little bit. And uh, that's what made it kind of so nice, especially when they were all kind of like hanging out at the end there. And Klaus had that funny line of holy smokes. And you look up and it's just all this creepy red smoke. Uh, uh, just yeah, really biblically nice. bad, bad looking yeah. skies. Yeah. I mean, uh, Ben was a hundred percent that bitch at the wedding, and I think um, <laughs> everybody knew it. And he finally got over it after a couple of drinks. Always works out at the wedding. Absolutely. One little detail I wanted to mention just while I'm looking through my notes here. I loved Reginald eating deviled eggs with a knife and a fork. And I, I think it was Lila who commented. Yeah, like, Lila's is he, like, yeah. what is he doing? Yeah. yeah. So I love they were talking shit just in general there for a while, uh, which was fun. Um, what I mean, I have a ton of random things to talk about. Yeah, like, um, I love Klaus being like, we call it bus ball. 
Um, he and uh, oh, he the and bus Hargreaves. Bus. Oh, yeah, yeah. We played catch. He and Hargreaves had, yeah. play catch, yeah, which I thought was fun. Salmon in a Jello cup. Can you think of a better wedding <laughs> meal than salmon in a Jello cup? Talk I thought about, you said grab some salmon and a Jello cup, not like salmon in a Jello. No, cup. I think it was salmon and a Jello cup, but I think okay. a main course dessert. That's an in, that's a hundred percent guaranteed vomit. Do you need that at your wedding. <laughs> No, You're no, I mean, down. come on, man. You can, that's not an instant vomit. I mean, some good salmon and then some good jello. You're good, man. What's wrong with that? No, I don't think so. I don't think so, sir. Well, I guess uh, we'll find out at uh, my second wedding. Yeah, yeah. can't wait. Uh, I love uh, Hard On Collider, very fun at the beginning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Creative Black Ties, the dress code, Pogo, just a d- disgruntled chimp. I mean, my uh, sentiments, exactly. No, right, that was Pete? cold as ice. That was cold as fucking ice, man. He's just an angsty uh, little guy um, who's uh, doing CrossFit now for some reason. Uh, we talked about the music earlier, but I wanted to mention in the bachelor party scene how terrible everybody is at singing. And I yeah. say that as uh, somebody who's not great at singing, but I love that the show let them do that. You know, that yeah. there wasn't everybody has these pitch perfect voices and it suddenly turns into glee or anything like that. Very, very fun. Everybody and Diego time. doing the worm. I mean, that was just <laughs> so much fun. And then later at the wedding itself when they were dancing, that just looked like the cast was having some fun doing some just good dancing. 100%. Right. Any other notes Notes from the episode we should mention? Anything else? The uh, Diego um, Hargreaves saying, Diego, you would have been a superb father moment was really <laughs> like, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Like. Diego, finally a reason to like daddy instead of mommy. Yeah. Um, I like like, uh, Hargreaves' line, befriending your own children is for hippies and people with no (laughs) self-esteem. Great, great burn. Do you you believe in that as a father? Is that what you're uh, you're preaching? (laughs) I mean, no, but also I will do, I will be one of those two things. So, okay. (laughs) Yes. Um, Sloan saying they're a real family about the umbrellas to Ben, yeah. I thought was really cool. And and I don't know if that's true, though. Are they a real family, a dysfunctional family? That's definitely what the show wants us to think. I don't know if it actually works that way in practice when we're watching the show, but that's really, that's the pitch, right? That's the whole idea from the beginning. We've only sporadically actually seen that work. I think this episode was one of the strongest in terms of pushing forth that thesis. Um, but you have a lot of episodes where it's just them yelling at each other and going off in separate directions that kind of contradicted a little bit. But what I, what I liked about it is Sloan, from her perspective, that's a real family because they they aren't just kind of like going through the motions. They work out together, talk about a plan, go fight, and then everybody goes in there. They don't feel like a real family, but from the outside looking in, like the grass is always greener type of thing, it makes sense for her to believe that and for her to say that. That's why I liked it. Yeah. I mean, I would say just to not, not to spend too much time on this moment, but I do Let's think... Let's fight about it, motherfucker. Come no, on. No, no, no. It's not fighting. We're, 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 we're a real family. Think, On the other end of the spectrum, we haven't really seen enough of the Sparrow Academy and how they act together and how they're superheroes together. We were told that, but didn't really see it. So I don't know. I think we saw it. I think we saw it in every little clip of them. I guess. 
I don't I know. Mean, not that we need to see it. Ben wanted to kill movie. them all off. I mean, it was. It did not seem. It seemed like a corporate version of a family from every. Yeah, we just didn't see enough. I don't know. I I don't really have a sense of the sparrows or how they do stuff or what they actually stopped as superheroes or why people love them. Um, and do we need that? Probably not, because we've seen plenty of superhero series, but. Just for this one moment that we're picking apart way too much, I think there could have potentially been a little I think we could talk about 20, 20 more minutes about it. I mean, come on. Let's go. Um, I do think maybe maybe if they're not a family, they're at least a democracy as a group. They all sit and talk and work things out. Um, and everyone can sort of uh, vote equally when the sparrows are not that. They're a hierarchy. where That's why Ben wants to be one, number one so much. And Sloan says, hey, you're one, all right, of one. Uh, there's no one else left besides me and you, and I'm joining the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that she was, you know, like making her dress and being like, I don't have time for your shit. This is my wedding day was also a kind of a great poignant moment. What do we think's happening? What's going on? We have two episodes left. Um, There's um, a lot to see here. There's a lot to happen. The world has ended. Well, I think that's what the, you know, old five saying, you know, kind of let the world die is this thing of like, if the uh, Kugel Blitz uh, kind of pushes them, they're just going to run down that hallway into that other hotel. I think that's where the opportunity is. I mean, they've, there've been a couple of option times now that they've kind of been like the tunnels, the key, the tunnels, the key. Um, I mean, it's the only thing left to explore, and it seems like, you know, if they can kind of maybe get in there and either restart things or maybe uh, start anew there. I mean, we don't know what's happening through the tunnel. That's the Hotel Oblivion. It could be, it could be opening day, and there's just a bug infection that is deadly, and mm-hmm. it kills all What about of the, the knife guy? You know what I mean? There's a giant monster that kind of has a, uh, you know, a swinging knife in there. You know what I yeah, mean? could be. He could be a bunch of bugs. In a human skin, it could be. He could be. He could be um, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's character from Men in Black, whatever that was. Sugar water, <laughs> sugar water. I'm not going to sit here and let you uh, say that anything he did wasn't superb. That guy's an unbelievable actor. No one's uh, no one said anything negative. Well, it, interesting you know, that you brought that up, Pete. Well, it seemed yeah. like you had a little negative kind of connotation, and I'm not here for it. Nope, Sugar just water. My yeah, I mean, look at this. Look at the acting choice here. Sugar water. Huh? Perfect. No one's saying anything huh? bad about Antonafrio. Sugar. Yeah. Come on. His kingpin? I'm going to make an omelet. Omelets. You want an omelet? I make omelets. Huh? Uh, that, that was awful. Thank you. <laughs> well, interesting that you... Uh, Said that you're the only well, person I, who has said something negative about something that Vincent D'Onofrio does. Oh, man. Justin I was got, just doing I, sugar water for Men in Black. Sugar I was just doing water. A, his line That's from a, Daredevil, where he offers up omelets, and you're the one who said that was terrible. So I got <laughs> news for you, Pete. Alex is Vincent D'Onofrio. Wow. And has been this whole time. <laughs> Oh my god! That was if you couldn't hear that on the podcast. That was Vincent D'Onofrio coming out of my mouth, a la his character in Men in Black. Wow! And I do the sugar water monologue at most of my auditions. <laughs> I, I remain unemployed, <laughs> killing the game. 
Why don't we talk about who is killing the game on this episode and give out our top marks. Justin, who gets top marks this episode? Uh, I mean, it would an episode, like I said, one of my favorite, if not my favorite episode of the whole series. I got to give it up to, uh, I'm going to give it to the Luther Sloan couple. As well, you can't say it's both of them. You can't, you can't. They were fused together in matrimony. They're one, they're they're one, one unit. Yeah, yeah. Oh exactly. See, it's just like how nobody ever judges my wife separately from me. That's true. And a bummer for her. Yes. But I just love their relationship. I thought it really shown in this episode. And um, I can't wait to see it go on for the rest of the series. Right. Oh, man, don't now. But that was the thing about I was worried this whole time because things were so nice that I was like, man, when's the other shoe going to drop? When's the other shoe going to drop? I'm really worried about this next episode. Uh, but to answer your question, Alex, um, I, I want to say Klaus, but I uh, we said Klaus last time. So even though they're one now, I want to say Sloan because I was really impressed with Sloan in this app. Just Sloan. Not Just Luther. Sloan. Just wow. Sloan. Sloan yeah. stands alone. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. We, we mentioned Klaus too much, so I'm going to shake it up a little bit and choose Klaus this episode. Nice. He just did a great, great job here. So fun. All the stuff with Reginald, so fun. All the stuff with Ben, so fun. Officiating the wedding, like we mentioned, uh, Klaus just like knocking it out of the park every time. If you'd like to support wow. this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the Umbrella Academy, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, class dismissed. Uh, for those of you ordering this at an expensive dinner date, um, I think it's time to get another glass of wine. Yeah, good call. And this is the last podcast um, of all time. The end of the world is starting now. Order dessert. 